Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have the top-rated Star Trek podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Adam Pranica. I'm your other host, Ben Harrison. Ben Harrison. Yes. I don't know if you have been checking our drunkshimoda at gmail.com email box lately. Uh, I, uh, I'm not as good about checking it as you are. We got a special emailer. That sent us a message, Ben. Oh, yeah? Who's that? I'm going to read you the email, and then I'm going to read you the signature. Okay. And that'll be the big reveal. Okay. Oh, uh, is it Armus? <laughs> Dear Adam and Ben, I may be an old man, but I'm working on being a dirty old man, so <laughs> let him rip. Uh, the jokes, not the farts. <laughs> Signed, Biff. What? <laughs> This is that is, the, the Biff? Look, uh, there as in, were... A, as in Jaeger? I, I had questioned the authenticity of the sender, but I will tell you that I checked into it. It is the man himself. What? Yeah, Biff an, Jaeger reached out. That's Isn't a that natural great? Jaeger. That is a natural Jaeger. That's one of the natural Jaegers that you can get. Damn, that's great. Pretty great. It sounds like he's listening because he's pretty hip to the dick and fart jokes. (laughs) I mean, you don't just say something like that unless you've heard the pod, right? Right, or he saw any tweet about the show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that really put a hop in my step. I thought Uh, that was great. Mr. Yeager, thank you so much for writing in. Uh, We we make uh, a lot of silly jokes, but we, we really are true fans and uh, it comes from a place of love for sure we hugely appreciate it that man that feels amazing (laughs) i know right and now that we have his email address we can officially invite him to greatest gen con 2017 oh snap (laughs) so there'll be three of us in that red roof in uh hotel yeah we might have to spring for the 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 two double beds room (laughs) instead of just the big king yeah. Which is all we could afford initially. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Really exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get to the episode, I have a little announce. I uh, got to interview uh, Zachary Quinto, the <laughs> m- the Mr. Spock in the J.J. Uh, Abrams Star, Star Trek reboot series. Uh, for uh, a podcast that I am uh, producing and uh, and co-hosting uh, for my job called uh, the Made Man Podcast, so uh, go uh, download the Made Man Podcast and give it a listen, and you'll hear me talking to Zachary Quinto. You son of a bitch! You're, pl- <laughs> you're plugging another podcast and you're bragging about interviewing Zachary Quinto, which, by the way, I am not hearing about until this moment. Uh, yeah, I, uh, well, I just kind of, it kind of got firmed up like on my, uh, on my way out of the office today. So, wow. Um, Congratulations yeah. or whatever. I'm a big fan of Zachary Quinto. I, you know, I think that, uh, our listeners have different feelings about the, uh, about the new films. I, I kind of like them. Uh, I think yeah. that he might be the best part or one of the best parts. Yeah. I feel the same way. I think he's great. With that, 
Do you want to turn the page to the first episode in the Slickback trilogy? This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. The bonding. This episode starts out with uh, the B team of away teams. Yeah, it's really true. And uh, it's like uh, they're doing some some sweeps of an archaeological site. And this is one of those, like, we saved a lot of money on no planet set. <laughs> yeah, you only get the beam back. You don't get the beam down. Yeah. So uh, it's like uh, Worf and a bunch of nobodies are down there. And uh, Troy gets real worried all of a sudden and says, like, get him out of there. And then uh, by the time they're beamed back up, everybody's singed and smoking because uh, an explodo has gone off. Yeah. I mean, the away team was was playing Indiana Jones down there. And I don't know why Worf leads that away team. Right. Like, who's the guy who's going to be the most handy in a situation where you're, like, banging around some caves and looking for things? It's got to be Jordy, right? Why isn't Jordy on that away team? Oh, yeah, because of uh, his ability to see through things and, and whatnot. Right? That's what I'm thinking exactly. Yeah. Like, if, if Indy had a visor, he could have totally seen that giant ball trap. Yeah, and he, uh, he may, may have been able to more accurately gauge how heavy the bag of sand needed to be <laughs> when, he, uh, when he took that one gold statue. Yeah, and he could have fired very accurately his gun at that guy uh, whipping the saber around at him. Mm-hmm. And and when he found that uh, that girl in that bar in the Himalayas, he could have been way creepier around her. so yeah there it is they beam right back up to sickbay and there's a fatality on this away team yeah it's marla astor the marla astor it is the marla astor who we have never met before and so uh the feelings about her death are not immediately acute at this moment uh, outside of the idea that Worf is just covered in her gore. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah. Yeah, and so Picard runs to Six Bay to assess the situation, and he's pretty crushed by the idea. I don't get the feeling that he loses a lot of crew members on away teams. No, and, and I think that maybe you can be more... You can you can go into that situation... Knowing, having known it was a risk, if you didn't think that they were out spelunking and looking for, looking for relics, yeah, like her, her, her job title was chief yeah. archaeologist. So, which like, is I, which is a super red shirty job title on the Enterprise. Yeah. Like a job title you do not want is chief archaeologist or twentieth century uh, historian. <laughs> <Expert>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, she was a blue shirt, and uh, and she bought the farm. In the near term, they're like, uh, well, who's her, who's her next of kin? And it's learned that she has a son and no husband, and her son's in class. Yeah. Jeremy is about to get spoken to in class today. Yeah, yeah. And they even, like, call down and tell the teacher, like, we're going to come speak to Jeremy after class. And they're kind of drawing straws about who's going to do it. And Worf is like, it's got to be me. I was with her. I led the team. And you look at Worf, and he is covered in cherry jello. Like, 
Yeah. Like there is brain matter and hair and like he he looks like a horror movie. He looks really bad and he yeah, does not want to change. He wants to go right to the classroom. Yeah, it probably like actually kind of tiptoed up to the line of what was okay to show on TV yeah. blood and guts wise yeah. at, at the time. Like it's it's a upsetting bit of uh stage makeup they've got going on there. It's a uh, <laughs> they gave him the they gave him the raspberry. There's only one man who would dare give me the raspberry. Pieces of him are smoking still. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh it's not Jeremy's vape pen. So it is Picard that ends up having the conversation with Jeremy. Yeah, and 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 it's the the timing of all of this early stuff is a little weird because they toss randomly in a scene of Worf in like a blue place, like using a knife to put out a candle. And you can tell that Worf is like already into some heavy like Klingon death ritual shit at this point. But uh but he's he's like in that blue room and then Picard is sitting down with Jeremy to 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 tell him the bad news. Right, and you get you don't you don't get an official montage, but you do go around the horn a little bit with how people are processing the grief of right. of this crewman's death. Like, so you get Worf in what I believe is the holodeck, uh, doing a, a little mini ceremony with a knife in the candle, <laughs> and then you yeah. get Riker in ten forward drinking the pink lemonade of grief, <laughs> and confiding yeah. that he totally fucked her. We spent some time together. It's like, I didn't know her, know her, but in the biblical sense, sure. (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) it's pretty transparent that what Riker's talking about is a fling, and that's about it. Yeah. I thought that the scene where Picard talked to Jeremy was pretty good. Like, it's a child actor, and, and this actor is being asked to portray a young boy who's learning that his mother has died and his father died a few years previous to that. And uh, I thought his performance was really good. I thought the kind of emotional impact of the scene, it really worked for me. Like, this is not an easy thing to pull off, I don't think. So as as many silly things that happened in this episode after this, like, I think that this was the thing that really needed to work and it it worked for me. You, did you agree? Yeah, I really do. And it pains me to say it because I really like Will Wheaton a lot. I'm a big fan. But Yeah. But the the, co- way, the way that the uh that the Wesley character processes grief and the way that this child actor processes it, I feel like the slick back kid does it better. Yeah. Well, and it just, shouldn't be that way. It's it's written it's written better for the for yeah. the kid. And they give him less to do. I mean, to be fair, sure. like, I think they ask a lot of of Will Wheaton to deliver some pretty shitty dialogue. Right. They also put like a four millimeter thick layer of pancake makeup on Wesley in this episode. <laughs> so he's got he's got a big a thick mask to act through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's really troweled on. 
It is. It looks like the sets in the uh, in the Mintakan village. <laughs> like, it looks like uh, it, is, it looks it, like a makeup version of this old house. Yeah, bad stucco job. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna want to trowel on this stucco really thick and and really cover up some of that adolescent <laughs> adolescent acne. Now you don't want to put too much on there. <laughs> now if you're gonna if you're gonna build <laughs> if you're gonna build a corner on the face you're gonna take some makeup put it in a mitre box and measure out a 45 degree angle oh man yeah it, you know uh bad impression cast just isn't gonna stop can't stop won't stop <laughs> this old enterprise yeah <laughs> fun one so it isn't long between the time that Jeremy's informed of his mother's death. You see the grief of several crew members. Uh, and then you go back around to Jeremy again, and his mom appears in her quarters. Right. Ghost mom. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't expect me to come back as a mother, did you, Theo? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about Ghost Mom is that she is giving off way strong Pamela Voorhees vibes. The counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. You get what I'm putting down here? Uh, you're going to have to flesh that out. <laughs> like Jason's mom from the Friday the 13th movie, the the original. And today is his birthday. Okay, I'm, uh, that's a franchise that I never, I never got into. So, oh man, the original uh, is pretty great, pretty great and pretty culty. But the actress who plays her in that old movie takes the cake for crazy moms, and uh, and Jeremy's mom in this case, Jeremy's ghost mom, I should say, really has those vibes big time. Yeah. So let's talk about what is what the two. Like the A and the B story are unclear yeah. which is the A, unclear which is the B. I would say yeah. they they sort of get equal time. Um, They're but, kind of braided together, right? So so conflict one is Worf really wants to get get this kid roped into a Klingon ritual that will make the kid a member of Worf's house. Like his he, he will become a member of Worf's Klingon family. And uh, we added and, another orphan to Orphan Club. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And thing B is, what the fuck is going on? Where this kid, whose mom is definitely dead, is creeping around the ship all the time. That's accurate. That's an <laughs> accurate description of the A and B stories. Yeah. A C storyline that I sort of wish they would have addressed is there's a, a few times when somebody will come by to like check in on the kid, like I don't know, like war for. Or Troy or somebody will come like poke their head in on him, just like see how he's how he's doing with his grief. And they depict him as like sitting alone in his quarters, like with an iPad watching old videos of his parents. And it's like is he is are they literally just letting him live alone in this apartment by himself? He's like he's like nine, right? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like in any other context, in any other location, that doesn't fly, right? Creepy as fuck. You actually get to live alone when your parents die on a starship. <laughs> that's a thing? Because <laughs> that sounds great. I mean, like, Wesley... The boy. ...has some demonstrated maturity uh, at this point. 
I, it's less implausible that he got to live alone for a year. But Jeremy's a little far away from getting a Jim Belushi poster in his in his condo. Do you think all the other ensigns on the ship fucking hate Wesley's guts because he had he had an apartment to himself for for a year? God, I don't know. Because they probably all bunk together, right? In like in like twos and fours. They'd have to. So 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 they're looking at this kid, not even. Not even a real ensign. He's gotten a, a provisional field commission, and he's living large and in charge in one of the corner office type apartments. Oh, I think the bad in in Wesley's service outweighs the good in <laughs> in many cases. Ben, I don't think there's much for the other uh, enlisted crewmen to be jealous of. Fair enough. It is a guiding principle of a soft beating base. Have you can't find it within yourself to stand up? Tell so, uh, Marla is the name of Jeremy's mom. Yeah, Lieutenant Astor, and she's out of uniform. Yeah, and she's just in. She's just in full on eighties mom getup. And in the in the near term, after Jeremy's mom dies, for her to appear, Jeremy is not surprisingly very happy to see her. Yeah. Like, like he believes that the away team mission was a lie or a mistake for some reason. Mm-hmm. He's totally willing to hang out with his mom again. You can't blame him at all. No. Because, because she looks exactly like her. She's really nice. She's talking about wanting to, wanting to set up shop on the planet. I mean, that part's weird, I guess. <laughs> but, in, but in all other ways, like, uh, she sort of recreates the old house. Yeah. Yeah, in their, like in their quarters. Their quarters become an earth-based home. Like there's trees out the window and stuff. Jeremy's and, uh, not sophisticated to understand that he's being manipulated. All he sees is like the advantages of right. of being with Ghost Mom, and I think they're pretty numerous. I I, I totally yeah. buy his his interest. And also, like in his defense, the special effects are super well done. Like every yeah. time the room like shifts, there's only like one or two where like it's not dead perfect. Well, the trick in doing that shift is not showing anyone's feet because when they cut back and forth between crew quarters and fake earth condo, mm-hmm. if they were to depict where the people are standing, they're like quite a bit above and quite a bit below the floor of the quarters. Right. So, so like you block that scene specifically so that as an editor, you, you take that out of play and it totally works. Yeah. It's, it's sold and purchased. Yeah. So... I guess if there is a C storyline, they're trying to figure out how this accident happened, right? Right. And so they send Jordy down, which they should have sent him down from the start. They send Jordy down into the caves, and he fi- he finds these little uh, these little landmines down there, right? Yeah, they're like subspace shielded, so a tricorder wouldn't pick them up. And this is a cool little piece of prop. Yeah, I thought they're also detecting this like weird energy fountain coming off the surface of the planet and right. poking the belly of the of the ship. And uh it doesn't take a super long time for them to figure out that this is this is what is causing finger flexions Marla to appear on the ship. Yeah. Um so that, now that there's this like technical question like oh like can we remodulate something to get this thing to go away. But it's like it's the the stakes feel real high because, like, Troy is working super hard to help this kid process his grief, and this 
perfect facsimile of his mother has appeared and that's thrown everything into disarray like it's sort of like a double jeopardy of grief like yeah. how many times are you going to make this poor kid go through the loss of his mom yeah and like wes is starting to chew back through all of the shitty feelings he has surrounding the fact that picard was the one that ordered his father to go on the mission that uh, he lost his life on and now he's like here like being bossed around by picard in a context in which uh, this other kid is going through the same thing, and and yeah, part of that like is he gets like, to see it in retrospect and also see it in front of him, like to relive it again, to watch Picard tell another kid that their parent got killed. Yeah, like it's got to be a head fuck. It's a uh, it's rough. I mean, it's uh and they do that really well in this episode. Like, yeah, God, they are so fucking ham-fisted with so much i think (laughs) but i think they get death really right on this show yeah i mean when it's not inflicted by q or whatever like if if it's like a if it's like the personal experience of different people uh like like all of the characters have very well fleshed out like sides of their of themselves when it comes to when it comes to death like and like Troy is super well written in this episode, I think. Yeah. Like she is she's really like super professional and and like really like feeling for everybody and trying to help them go through those feelings in a way that is not going to like cause long-term damage to the to their minds and stuff. And she's got so many plates in the air too. Like it's right. not just about this Jeremy kid, it's yeah. about Picard and Wesley and Beverly and, and Worf. Worf. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Worf's easy easy to deal with because all you know, like like she knows that all he wants to do is do this ceremony, and as long as she can get him to like press pause <laughs> until the kid is like well enough to do it, it's going to be okay. At this point, we still don't know exactly what the ceremony entails, but you got to believe it's going to be fucking rugged. <laughs> yeah, all we know about it so far is that there's candles and knives involved. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a power glove's going to be around there somewhere. Someone's going to bleed. Yeah. My love is a pizza longing tail for that which longer nurses the disease. They see this, this piece of energy rising from the planet, and they're like, well, we have the ability to shut it off. Let's go ahead and modulate the shields and shut it off, even though that's going to remove... Uh, the Jeremy's mom simulation from the quarters. Like, that's the right thing to do. We've got to do it. Let's just do it. And so they zap it. They take her away. And as expected, this kind of infuriates Jeremy. Right. Who is sort of game to go live on the planet with his ghost mom. Right. Well, I mean, all he knows is that that's what his mom was telling him they were going to do. So he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Yeah, and little by little at this point, people are starting to chip away at the fantasy that Jeremy's constructed in his mind. Like, they're like, would your real mom ever want to take you off the ship and set up shop on a weird planet somewhere? Like, does that seem like <laughs> the actions of the mom that you remember? Like, they start planting seeds of doubt on him, which I think, I think is a pretty good strategy. Yeah, I mean... Ghost mom doesn't do herself any favors either because she acts weirder and weirder as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that like the main lingering question I had about this character uh, is was like, what exactly is this character based on? Like, how do the entities creating it 
know like what it's supposed to look like, act like, sound like, what its values are supposed to be. Like all of that stuff is uh is coming from a very specific viewpoint, but I don't I don't feel like we've ever really like got to understanding like why. Can we be sure it's not actually Kevin in disguise? <laughs> <laughs> Captain Picard, I've come back to help the boy. I'll take I'll take him down to the planet. I'll build him a new house. I, I made a I made another real doll, a little bit younger than my previous one. <laughs> Pretty easy on the eyes, isn't she? I can't stop breaking your rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man of special conscience and and special sexual appetite. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, several episodes, season three, it's all about uh, running into omnipotent, all-powerful characters, isn't it? Yeah, so they, they were in these ruins and looking at this, at the remains of a civilization that they were aware of. What they were not aware of was that this planet was previously inhabited by corporeal beings and also non-corporeal beings and those non-corporeals are still chilling and they are the ones that are shooting this energy fountain at the enterprise and they're the ones creating marla and their their logic is we like saw this tragedy happen to this poor woman and it's like the last like senseless death in this war that totally wiped out our our civilizational counterparts in the corporeal aliens that lived here mm-hmm. so <laughs> which is like holy mackerel like can you believe that this show actually like gets to that as the explanation <laughs> like like what other television show is that like a reasonable solution to a mystery <laughs> yeah it totally it totally like defies everything except for somehow they like sell it in this <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know why it works it it just does by the time they wrapped up this this conflict there's really no time for there to be any other explanation like Worf gets his rooshtai time with jeremy <laughs> yeah the bonding the bonding I, I I suppose we could use its English translation if you prefer. <laughs> How would you describe the bonding, Ben? Mm, can, candle hangs in the blue room. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot it's, like it's a, sort of a club environment. Yeah, I mean, I'd say that I'd say that it was your average candlelight vigil minus sticking the candles through a paper plate. Like yeah. they didn't have any paper plates around. Maybe maybe they uh, they forgot to replicate them or something. Yeah, surprisingly blood-free for a Klingon event. Yeah, but the kid gets like a cool Klingon like over vest to to put to put on. Yeah, and Worf's got like a ceremonial sash that's different looking than his normal sash. Michael Dorn does that thing where he opens his eyes really wide when <laughs> when uh, when he's doing something Klingon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just it, love that. It's igniting his senses. Yeah, like uh, like someone broke an ammonia capsule under his nose. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to this ongoing Jeremy Wharf storyline. Yeah, it's going to be great, right? Yeah. Darmok, Angelad, and Tanaga. 
Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm, uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. You might have heard us talk about Squarespace before and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name and not a giant social media company's name with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24 by 7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it with Squarespace. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. What'd you think of this episode, Ben? I mean, like, in talking to you about it, I... I have more respect for it than I did in watching it. 
Like, I don't think it's a great episode by any extent. But It helped to talk out your grief, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, and there's this scene where they're... The scene, the pivotal scene where they talk Jeremy out of believing this thing is his actual mother is is real weird because it's kind of one of those group therapy scenes that used to just be universally bad in seasons one and two. Yeah, like the two-way mirror... The yeah. weird the weird box of toys, the uh the uh the medical practitioners looking and taking notes. Yeah. This scene is like really well written for Picard and Troy. Yeah. And Wes is in there and it's like like every time it cuts to him, he has some terrible line. Like and it and it's like it's all he can do to deliver like it's all Will Wheaton can do to deliver them with feeling. But, like, they're so badly written. I, on the one hand, I feel like our program is particularly harsh on Wesley as a character slash Will as an actor. But, I mean, the sidecar to that criticism every time is always uh, the material he has is just not great. And I don't know if anyone can succeed in those conditions. And I think... Like this is his last season, isn't it? His last season before the break, or does he have a few more? Uh, I that think has, he might I mean, go re- through four. Regardless, that has to be a reason that he leaves the show, right? Yeah, I mean, I I can imagine it was pretty frustrating to get this script and have to have to go on set with it. Especially when you see like the nuanced way that characters are being built all around him. Like God, that's got to be even more infuriating. Like. Yeah. You're watching Troy and and Picard have their turbo lift scene, and it's like crushing and great. Yeah. And then you have to do your own scene with your with your your character's mom in sickbay, and it's just like treacly and gross. And God, I don't know. It's yeah. it's a real bipolar episode emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a weird one. Yeah. Hey, Ben. Hey, Adam. Did you find a Drunk Shimoda? Incredible. Drunk Shimoda. Drunk Shimoda is the award we give to a character who's acting, acting a fool. And uh, in, this, uh, in this episode... Oh, did, we should talk about this. The Drunk Shimoda got a little, uh, little name check on uh, an article written by uh, Danny Roth on uh, the 10 most hated Star Trek episodes of all time. This is really exciting. Oh, the end of that headline is that deserve a second chance, which I think is, is, uh, has to be said. Yeah. These well, are terrible episodes. Yeah. I think that maybe we have given the naked now the only, the only reason it deserves a second chance because now people have to watch it to find out why we keep saying drunk Shimoda in every episode. <laughs> Shimoda's described as acting like an inebriated baby, <laughs> which I thought was great. Yeah. God, should, I love him. We should, uh, we should uh, copy that phraseology. Yeah. Uh, um, well, my drunk Shimoda was these uh, non-corporeal aliens that created the Marla Astor projection. Mm-hmm. I just like, it's just like, seems like such a crazy plan that they had like why did they think that this was going to fix the situation well picard calls them out on it he's like so what do you do when this kid's a teenager or uh or when he becomes an adult like 
it's like they bought a puppy and didn't buy yeah. any pet food or yeah. or or, yeah. A, or a cage or or have a place with a backyard like they're they, just in love with a puppy for some reason they totally walked by one of those windows in new york city and saw the saw the french bulldogs running around in the right in the sawdust and were like let's take one home the slickback breed is just so cute when he's young, right? Oh, yeah. Those just slickbacks take are home. real cutie pies. <laughs> yeah, but the hip dysplasia is just a real nightmare. Uh, how about you? Do you, do you have a drunk Shimoda? I mean, for me, I, I really admire that Worf takes it on the chin and goes like, yeah, it's on me. I'm the leader of the away team. Uh, as the leader... I'm responsible for those in my care and everything that goes down while we're on a mission. But the idea that he could walk into a primary school classroom covered in gore to deliver the news to uh, to Jeremy personally, like, man, I, I totally get that he wanted to do it quick and to do it, like, right then and there. But, yeah. man, you got to... You gotta change your clothes, dude. <laughs> like, take a shower. Think about what you're gonna say. Shower time can give you some good com- contemplative time yeah. to just sort of figure out how you want to do this, and then go in there a little April fresh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, drunk Shimoda goes to wharf for me. Fair enough. I am the cutest of all. There are four lights. What do we have coming up on the next episode? Next episode is season three, episode six, booby trap. The Enterprise is caught in a booby trap. <laughs> the titular booby trap? That captures the ship and converts its energy into lethal levels of radiation. Boobs! I remember this episode, Ben. I'm hearing the gasps from our viewers out there. <laughs> as this is the first time potentially I've ever said this. Yeah. This is one of my favorite episodes. Oh, is it? That I can remember. Like, I, have, <laughs> I should put that caveat in there. Like, yeah. I have not seen this episode since I was very young. I remember really, really loving this episode. Uh, I remember liking it, too. I mean, it's definitely the episode that fully takes a creepazoid Geordie out for a spin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they... Uh, they they grab the keys to creep Jordy. Yeah, <laughs> put awesome. her, put her, put her in drive and take her around the block. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good app. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we might as well leave it at that since neither of us has any vetoes to attempt to use. It's true. If you'd like to talk about booby trap, booby traps of any kind. <laughs> Or any of the other episodes uh, we've reviewed already, you can reach out to us on Twitter using the hashtag GreatestGen. I am on Twitter as at CutForTime. Ben, also on Twitter as at BenjaminR, A-H-R. We're on the Maximum Fun subreddit, and there's also a GreatestGen subreddit. Both of them are great places to talk about the episode. And uh, please mind your P's and Q's on the Maximum Fun one so that they don't get mad about what creeps we all are. You can be like Biff Yeager and send us an email if you want. We're at drunkshimoda at gmail.com. Look, if you ask us for Biff Yeager's email address, we're not going to give it to you. So don't even try. A little update on t-shirts. I talked to a friend of ours today who's going to help work up the design. And uh, I'm expecting proofs very soon. Or, uh, you know, 
drafts very soon. So uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we're still working as hard as we can to get that done ASAP, and uh, we are super excited to to get it to get it done. We just want the first one to be like really perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, gotta come out of the gates hot. Um, yeah, I mean this first T-shirt's gonna be like a, a cutoff mesh style T-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. That's what very, I'm pushing for. Very nipple revealing. Right. Uh, right. We're on Facebook. We've got a page and a group. Uh, if you can find one, you can probably find the other. Uh, those are very active uh, places as well, and uh, we really appreciate everybody that's uh, gotten involved. Um, this, this laundry list of credits is getting longer and longer. It really is. But uh, but what we what we're trying to say is, there's nowhere for us to hide anymore. Yeah. Uh, also, one last thing before we go, we should thank Dark Materia for our music, and a listener named Nick Addis- Anderson on SoundCloud as Mr. Nickel Music, N-I-C-K-L-E, sent in a song he made that uh, is kind of... It's like clips from from TNG that sort of evoke the spirit of our show. And uh, I thought it was really great. And so we're going to throw that on the end of the episode today. Yeah. So make sure you listen through to the end. I think one of the best parts of our show is when viewers send us things that they've made i think that's super fun it's super cool uh we really appreciate it uh thanks nick and uh yeah he makes like uh kids music too so i think that's what mostly his soundcloud is devoted to but uh uh, i'm sure everybody with kids will enjoy that yeah hopefully you're not playing our show in front of your kids yeah that would be a bad idea yeah definitely well, with that, we will be back at you next time with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a very booby episode of The Greatest Generation.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.